talking about you're in marketing, you own a marketing company, but in real estate, we're, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to do marketing as part of your, that is part of your business. You don't have the luxury of just being a practitioner. You've got to do a heck of a lot of marketing behind it. This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the behind the scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the platform marketing strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of Platform. I love marketing and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Tim Shermack, and welcome back to another episode of the Platform Marketing Show. Uh, today I'm joined by Mackenzie Johnson in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Thanks a bunch, Tim. So Mackenzie has been a real estate agent uh, for over 20 years, actually 23 years she's been an agent. So I think this is going to be a really fascinating conversation because most real estate agents around today, most realtors out there, you know, uh, buying, selling in 2023, 2024 and beyond, they haven't been around for even, let's say 10 years. Uh, but you have to go back at least 15 years, uh, to the last real like mortgage, you know, crash, like housing market crash that we had in 07. Oh wait, it's kind of crazy, but that was 15 years ago now, but I know, which I, I guess when I started real estate, we walked uphill both ways to listings. So. Yeah, I mean, like it was it was a long time ago. Like in my mind, I was thinking, I don't know, was that eight, nine years ago? It's not that far it's away, like, no, was... I know. And when people say like the 1990s, you're like, oh, that was like 10 years ago. And they're like, no, that was like 28 years ago. I'm like, oh. yeah, right, right. That hurt my feelings. It was, it was 15 years ago though. So like, you know, e even in our experience of platform, we've, we've been running platform for 10 years now. And I think that's mm -hmm. a long time, but technically every year the platform has been in existence, you know, going back to, uh, going back to 2013, um, the market's gotten a little bit better or, or at, 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 at the minimum, it's been a strong market every year for the last 10 years, historically speaking. Yeah. Slowly building. So there's going to be some new skill sets folks are going to have yeah. to learn. Yep. And so many agents out there right now don't even know what to do. Like they don't even know how to process when transaction volume slows down. Now, you know, to be fair, the market we're in right now is really historically weird where housing prices are really high and interest rates are high. And, you know, you know, obviously the actual home prices haven't come down. Normally those two things operate kind of like a seesaw where if interest rates right. are high, home prices come down and vice versa. And that's not really happening right now. And we're not going to dive into all the monetary theory of why that's happening. Although Oh, exactly. Although I, I would I would love to nerd out on that. That probably wouldn't make for uh, a very interesting podcast episode. But it is it is difficult right now, right? It's a difficult market and it makes it worse that most agents right now that are trying to struggle through this market and persevere have never experienced, frankly, anything resembling a down market in their career. But you have. You've been an agent for over 20 years. One of the first things I want to ask you, Mackenzie, is is what what parallels do you see between what we're going through now and the last housing crash in 0708 if if there are any what things are different what are the same kind of what is what is your perspective as someone who's been in real estate long enough to actually remember the last time that uh 
you know, that, that uh, things corrected. Uh, we're back to building relationships. It's less clickbait leads. Um, I've noticed the incubation time for the leads that I'm receiving is much longer. It's a longer play. I work a largely military market. So happy birthday, Marine Corps. Uh, it's November 10th. It's your birthday today. So a lot of my folks, if you're military, you know, 18 to 24 months out that you're due for orders and you know, theoretically, you're going to go one or of two places. So I have folks registering now that may never move here because they don't know until they get a little sure. closer to the move that they're re- relocating. But I've had people send me friends of theirs that wound up moving here and they didn't wind up moving here because they connected with me somewhere online. So the the planting of the seeds, it's much less immediate than it, than the last couple of years have been. Yeah, I think, you know, over the last over the last 10 years, you think like kind of the the glory days, the boomtown of uh, of Facebook ads and Google PPC really was like 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, where you had this... Co- I do. I joked with one of my brokers the other day that we it felt like we were Jimmy John's delivery people. Like they would call up and say, hi, I need to see the house in 20 minutes. And you're like, well, I don't even know who you are. You could be a serial killer. What do you mean see the house in 20 minutes? Are you pre-approved? You have a, a cash, yeah, pr- you know, yeah. proof of advanced funds. Like I'm not going to just meet you somewhere in the dark in 20 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, in, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, like a lot of those were legitimate buyers and they had the funds and it it was honestly as easy. I'm not saying it was easy for everyone or in every market, right? But broadly speaking, in like 2014, 2015, you could get Facebook leads for like a dollar a piece. And Google pay-per-click was incredibly cheap back then compared to what it is now. And most Correct. most companies out there in kind of the real estate marketing ecosystem, so, you know, Boomtown, Sync, Curator, Y Lopo. I'm not even sure if uh, Y Lopo and Curator are that old. I think they may have even been founded after. I, newer. Um, and and um, yeah, I, was, I think you said conversion. Conversion, yeah. Um, but the camp, and I was even right? getting free leads. So I would do sticky pages in like yard sale groups and I would get 10 or 12 free right. leads a night. It was just labor intensive and you'd have to stay up late yep. and, you know, leave your little traps around the internet. Um, so those days are, and the consumer's more savvy now. They know when they're being sold. Yeah, like too, so basically everything thing. worked. We had, landing page conversion rates back then and you know 2014 2015 where you're getting 80 percent conversion rate on you know landing pages the the actual cost per click on facebook was like sometimes 10 cents 25 cents and so that's how you were getting leads so cheaply because frankly even if you had a, a poorly convert uh converting website or landing page leads would still be a dollar or two worst case scenario and so you could do very unsophisticated follow-up and only convert let's say one percent of your leads or let's say half a percent of your leads but if those leads are coming in for a dollar a piece that means every two hundred dollars you spent on ads it was turning into a closing you had a closing right that was insane right and i think a lot of agents at the time didn't realize that it was kind of too good to be true right that wasn't going to last forever there's been um a lot of things that changed that not just you know facebook or google getting more expensive but obviously the market has shifted a lot too. There's no way someone, you know, every $200 they spend now on ads, they're getting a closing, right? Like you actually have to build relationships, stay in touch with leads, kind of do the old fashioned work, as you said, of getting, getting to know people because it's not like shooting fish in a barrel anymore. In a barrel. But yeah, we don't, we don't do bench ads anymore. We don't do yellow page ads anymore. So you're, you're spending it differently, but you're still spending it. So if you're not spending it, then it's incredibly time intensive. So it's, you know, kind of either, or, so are you joining a million social groups? Are you part of the lion's club? Have you joined your chamber of commerce or 
Are you spending oodles online so that people can be in front of you? So what is shifting now for me is some of my old fashioned lead generation stuff that I have done in the past um, is working differently better because they, they have seen me in social media enough that then when a letter comes from me, a snail mail letter, because that still yep. works, um, like, oh, I've already seen your stuff. So when I say, well, I, I have a buyer theoretically for your home, I'd need to check it out, but you're off market. Would you consider selling? I've got this bank of buyers. They're like, oh, is that the ad you're running? where it's kids running down the dock of a boat, a boat dock. So it's a collection of uh, buyers that I call my cannonball buyers because they want something with waterfront, dock front. Um, so now I've got authority sure. in the market that they can see that they've seen the marketing so they know that I'm not pulling their leg, that I really do have a bank of buyers looking. So you, what, uh, what uh, you're saying is that some of these social media ads that you're running with platform are actually making other marketing channels more effective because if they get a direct mailer from you, they they're kind of saying, "Oh yeah, I've less you know I've I've seen you on Facebook or I've seen you on Instagram or I've seen you on YouTube, etc." And now it actually makes the direct mailers more effective because you're not a complete exactly. you're not a complete stranger. Exactly. So what uh, what 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 other marketing channels or strategies have you tried over the last twenty years, Mackenzie? And what uh, what ones worked the best? Maybe which ones didn't work? I'd be curious because when when we were talking before we hit record here, you mentioned like, hey, I've worked with you know Boomtown conversion, direct mail. You you, you kind of said, I feel like I've tried all of it. What are some of the ones that stand out, either because they worked or they didn't work over the last sure. uh, over the last um, twenty years? Well, conversion, which is now KV Core, uh, which makes you feel old to be like, I, I remember when you were a brand new baby. Yeah, and company. it was it was spelled um, K is- K U N, right? Yep, conversion. Yep. Yep. Um, and I remember sitting in my office. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. Um, and literally, I got a lead, and the two offices on either side of me got the same lead from three different platforms. So then it was a race to the right. phone. I mean, we heard it in real time. And you're like, well, I'm spending how much per month to get this inorganic lead that I have to win them over. And it's the speed of the lead to get yep. on the phone. Um, well, realistically, if you're an agent in production, I'm not waiting by a phone like an ISA. I'm showing a house. I'm at a home inspection. I'm at a closing. So you're like, the people in front of me deserve my attention. They're paying for my expertise and my experience and to be talking to them, not fielding admin phone calls of leads that may never convert. Um, so, and also I just felt it was so disingenuous. You just have to be elevator speech and so salesy to convert somebody really quickly. And it's like, I don't know that I want to do that 60 times a day. I'd rather be at a mom's group or I'd not, rather you know, be at a not to, game. not to mention with those types of leads, uh, they don't care about you as the agent. They usually just want to see a house. No. So if, if they're Correct. opting in because they requested a showing at such and such, and one of these lead websites, spits out that lead to multiple realtors, like they actually don't care which agent shows up to open the lockbox and show the house. They just want an agent to show up. So that's not exactly great positioning for you no. right off the bat. And they might be working with five different agents. Yeah. So then the conversation is, uh, I, the, the, the script I like is, are you committed to working with an agent? Have you signed buyer's sure. agency? Um, cause so many of them are like, well, I've got a meeting tomorrow with this guy named Tony and you're like, well, who's Tony? And like, what other, like I could show you all the things It doesn't just have to have my sign in the right. yard and show you anything, but like, let's circle the wagons and get organized about our search. But yeah, so you've got to sell yourself again then to make sure they're not speaking to four or five other folks. You know, and with, with that style of lead generation too, again, whether it's coming from any of these websites you mentioned, Zillow, whatever, is that you, it, it's almost, if you're going to do it the right way, you almost have to have an ISA at the phone from, you know, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Because if you aren't spending the money on an ISA, as you said, if frankly, if you're selling more than 10 homes a year, you're 
you're probably not just sitting at your desk all day waiting for the phone to ring. And so if you're not exactly. willing to absorb that extra expense of having a, you know, a full-time sales admin ISA, uh, to really grind yeah, on that lead like bank. you're kind of wasting your money if those are the types of leads that you're that you're generating. So I like that right now, for just as an example. So I'm sending out a thousand letters, snail mail letters, unsolicited CMAs, okay. uh, past clients, um, expired, withdrawn, canceled for sale by owners, and then following up with a phone call. And very much it's oh, I've already seen your stuff, or yes, I I, I know. I really like that last ad that you did. Awesome. Um, so it's still a cold lead, but they've already, instead of wondering how I got their sure. information that I explained, you know, looked you up and yada, 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 saw that you tried to sell 18 months ago, you interested in giving it another crack. Um, so a thousand pieces of mail back to leads. I mean, the numbers will make sense if you get the numbers big enough. Yeah. And it's, these are, these are cold leads that you're calling that have been warmed up a little bit because they're seeing your, your social media ads. Correct. So what would you say was, was the best marketing you did, Mackenzie, over the last 20 years? If you had to pick one in all those years, like what was the best marketing program or website or even if it wasn't a paid marketing company, if it was just- I was going to say it was the best thing I've done and I need to get back into it was a weekly Tuesday tidy up on Facebook and it was a Facebook live. Okay. Because a lot of folks aren't good live. And what that would do is everybody I've got, I've maxed out my friends list at 5,000 on Facebook. So that meant 5,000 folks got a ping on their phone when I would go live. Um, so it was a reminder to them. And even if they weren't tuning in, even if they didn't watch the video, they got an every Tuesday reminder that I was in sure. the business. So I'm going back to doing that because it was just, and then by clicking on your page, then they're seeing more of your content. Right. So so really, really it's just like a top of a top of mind awareness, of mind. awareness strategy with your sphere. Yep. Exactly. And that was better than any trade show I ever did. Um, conversion, conver mainly conversion, because we spent so much on that back in the sure. day, my team. Um, that just, you know, we've got the database and we're using that for other marketing and retargeting. So it's one of those, I'm a saver. I don't know if any other brokers out there are the same way, like saving every like registration contact. <laughs> the database is big, but it, it'll, it's a leverage point then for marketing and retargeting ads. Uh, where Where is your business at now, Mackenzie, in terms of like GCI or sales volume? Um, just give people kind of a snapshot of, of where you are now as a real estate agent. Um, so I'm also currently a broker in charge. I've been a team leader for Keller Williams, and now I'm currently a broker in charge for Keller Williams. So that takes up some time. And I'm uh, homeschooling my child at a mostly solo parent. So I preface my volume with that. But three to five million is kind of my average okay. cap every year. And I'm at 100%, which is nice uh, for the new business models. I wonder if with business shifting, that's going to shift some of the old brick and mortar guys. Um, and then this year, the number of conversations I'm having, it looks like I'll get back to my better range where I'm 10 to 15 million in volume um, between price points I'm talking to and that sort of thing. It's, it's shifting the market up. Um, I feel like the last two years, especially we were competing back to, it was so easy, like doing the deals with the agents that only do one or two deals per year. So you're, do, you're trying to negotiate with somebody who's their yoga instructor, yeah. who's never had a sale in their yeah. life. And you're trying to get through the negotiation process. And you're just like, I don't even know how to fight with you or, you know, discuss this with you because you're coming to this with no experience. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that pushes some of that out of the market. Yeah, those... get back. I like this aggressive trying to find the business. And the last two years where you're like, well, why'd you pick that person? Oh, they were really nice to my kid one day. Like, okay, not because they're really talented or clever or have a huge marketing base. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those those agents aren't going to be around a year from now if 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 they're still hanging on now you right. know with the with the market shifting as much as it has in the last year i think that's actually going to be a long-term positive for the real estate 
industry that it's kind of like shedding all the amateur super part-time agents yeah who yeah who would sell two or three homes a year and they wanted to keep their their uh license just so you know they could do friends and family deals type thing and it's like well whatever i guess if the market was great you made a little bit of extra money doing that but as a whole that's not really good for the real estate community because i think it lowers it lowers the reputation that real estate agents have with the public if people think it's so easy oh yeah just get your license you sell a couple homes a year make some side money um i think people are really starting to realize now what a professional excellent real estate agent does versus someone who just sells one or two homes and, a year and some and that's and that's the conversation i'm having now is the frustrated folks are like we've learned the hard way we listed with our best buddy from church he took cell phone pictures of our $750,000 home. You're like, oh, okay, so no professional pictures, no video tour. Did he do anything on social media? No, he doesn't believe in social media. Like, well, sure. in this line of work, I don't think you can choose to be, you can't really opt out. Um, so seeing that now of, of people that were done a disservice of folks that just didn't take it to the, the, the professionalism level. Yeah. Um, and did, so then they've been burned. Like, well, all realtors are like that. No, we're not. Um, there are a lot of folks that the barrier of entry is low in many states. North Carolina, where I'm at, coastal North Carolina, we've, we're one of the tougher states. But still, I mean, we all know somebody you're like, how'd they get their license? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the largest investment most Americans will make in their life. And you're just kind of winging it. <laughs> well, you know, even even you uh, mentioned, hey, sometimes people take cell phone pictures or whatever. Like even if someone checks all the obvious boxes, let's say, and they're, you know, they're an amateur part time agent. Let's say they do take professional photos. They, you know, do the basics of, you know, they film video or whatever. Like even if they're checking those kind of foundational boxes it's it's all the intangibles where it really shows up that they have no idea what they're doing right one of the intangibles it's kind of like folks just figured this out i think a lot of folks have been watching things like selling sunset <laughs> yeah and you're it's supposed to be cutthroat and you're supposed to look like a million dollars and be rude to everybody that you cross paths with this not at your firm for example and as the market shifts you're like listen that agent that you weren't very nice to you're going to want them to come show your stuff yeah. when things slows down so building those relationships of being somebody that's I wouldn't say pushover, but pleasant to work with and fair, organized, reasonably responsive. There's some agents that got used to just not answering their phones all weekend. Like that's not a luxury you have in yeah, this market. Right. I mean, you're a real estate agent. You can't just be like, I don't work weekends or I don't work after 5 p.m. It's like, well, I mean, I I guess you could say that, but I don't know who in their right mind would want to work with you. Like I wouldn't want to hire a listing agent to sell my house who has a policy of, I don't talk on the phone after 5 p.m. or I don't work weekends. It's like, well, I'm going to find someone who does then because... The folks that can afford a mortgage are free in those hours because they're busy yeah, at their day jobs. Right. So we've got a three-day holiday federal weekend. So and my military folks will know that that means you've got a 96. You've got 96 hours off from your job. The number of homes I've sold on New Year's Day, Thanksgiving Day, Memorial Day weekend, because that's when they can go sure. look. So that's when you've got to be free. So I've launched a property late last night. First thing this morning, we're already starting book showings. I'm going back to do a video tour. I've got to come up with something clever. Um, the address is on barn. So I don't know if it'll be animals or a blow up costume or something silly. And, and you know, <laughs> you know, obvi obviously we're not implying here that if you're going to be successful as a real estate agent, you have to be willing to work Christmas day and Thanksgiving and you have to just kiss your social life goodbye or something. It's like, no, 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 no. But you do have to no. know the context of what market you're in and what it takes to be successful. You know, Hey, maybe there's a Sunday where no one texts or you or calls you and you can just enjoy a Sunday at home with your family or whatever. Great. Right. But like, 
if you want to really be successful in this business, you can't pretend that, oh, my phone goes on airplane mode on Friday at 5 p.m. and then I don't check it until Monday. It's like, that's not that's not how this works. And I think this market... But the trade-off is, like on a Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., you might find me at Hobby Lobby sniffing candles <laughs> because I'm free right that. I mean, so there's that's the good news. I mean, the, the wonderful news in real estate is it's choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and some choose better than others. So... Yeah. So if you see me dry, you know, dropping off dry cleaning or picking up groceries at a slow time, I mean, that's kind yeah. of a luxury. If you go out a Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., there's no lines anywhere. So you can get your chores done in half the time, errands run. But um, but yeah, that means, you know, sometimes that's a late night or you've got a, a client that's moving from across the country and they need keys and they're not getting there till 11 o'clock at night. But then the next day might be really slow. So so you, you've kind of like whatever. gotten your business, you know, you you want it to be somewhere in that 10 to 15 million uh, you know, range after a couple decades in in the business. Mm-hmm. So you're not one of those agents who's struggling, scraping by to sell three million or four million a year. You know, you've built up a sphere, you've built up a business over time um, to where you can be a top producer in your market. You also mentioned you've tried basically every marketing company under the sun. Um, like you, you haven't experienced, uh, you haven't experienced positive or negative with basically all of them. So my question is, what led you to platform? How did you discover platform marketing and why did you want to give that a shot after after 20 years in the business? Like what was the story that sure. led so up to I, that? I don't know if you, one, I love trolling what other people are doing on social media. Um, and it's a quote I learned from Joshua Smith, but uh, good artists steal, great art, good artists borrow, great artists steal. So who could I rip off and duplicate that's not in my market that's doing something that's getting some good social media traction? So I kept kind of clicking and I realized I was in... Um, Somebody is click funnel because I, I could I could sense I was getting redirected. So then I found somebody in Michigan, somebody in New York, and then I kept seeing Paul stuff. And Paul works the market to the south of me, which is Wilmington Center. Paul also, Paul also, yeah. Uh, so Paul also. So I had a giggle, and I was like, so I I, I was like, I, at one point somebody had two similar ads, and I realized like, oh, they're organized. There's somebody running this show. They're not just coming up with this clever marketing on their own and have like a really great, brilliant marketing thing that they've built out. They're having help. Um, and then Paul finally wore a platform hat, um, in one of his ads. I was like, aha. So I did a screenshot and then Google image searched it. And I found you guys that so, way. So he, I think you're, he, you're, he wore this hat, but at the time you had no idea that that hat was platform. You had never heard of platform. No, Had, hadn't heard of it. Just, I figured out, I, I was like, there's somebody doing something and I want in on it and I don't know who it is. <laughs> So when I found when I finally he wore that hat and I was like that's that's not a sports logo it's not a team that I know that's got to be something, so that's how I hacked. That is so funny. And I feel like in real estate we are like weird social media stalkers of our clients and things like that too. So I'm like, okay, I've got to put on my Angela Lansbury hat and track this down. That that is that is so funny. So you you started seeing some of Paul's ads, and then you notice some other realtors across the country were also doing creative marketing. And you kind of put two and two together that like, oh, I wonder if what all these realtors have in common is they hired the same marketing company, but you had never heard of the marketing company. You didn't know if there was a name, but you're like, clearly some of these people must be working with the, you know, with the same person or the same company. Yeah. Or brainstorming together. Yeah. yeah, Or there's some mastermind happening behind the scenes or something. And you literally just took a screenshot of Paul Alsop's hat that happened to have the platform logo on it. You searched for that on Google Images, and it turns out, oh, there is this real estate marketing company yeah. called Platform, and 
So that's how you found us. Well, and, and being in marketing, I like being sold to. I like seeing somebody's process or funnel, you know, that sort of thing. Like, okay, this is working for you. And now I see that there's eight people. Like, I'm not even looking for a home in Michigan. I don't even know how I got on his sure, ads. Sure. Um, it, it was like, but I love it. So I was doing screenshots of what they were doing. Like, could I rip off and duplicate what they were doing? And I was like, no, Paul might do it because he's just south of me. So that wouldn't be cool. So I will say I watch what he does to make sure I'm not doing that uh, as we grow. But he's, you know, he's so much more he's like it's like watching a vegas show sometimes with him you know so and that's not my speed which is fun so we're doing something else north but um it's it's and i also like from a marketing perspective and we haven't hit on this that when we share in the group and share amongst ourselves there's only one of us in every market so i think you really feel open and comfortable to share without repercussions that yeah i'm gonna give you my whole playbook here's exactly what i'm doing right now because i know you're not going to show up in my backyard and do the exact same thing yeah and that's what makes the platform so so valuable is our our policy of one realtor per market area because then you know that hey if we come up with a really creative idea or really cool ad you know you don't have to share that ad with other agents in your area like it makes you look good it builds your brand and your retargeting list in your community because you are the only realtor that we're working with right in the jacksonville north carolina um area so you you got signed up a platform mckenzie back in in may so as we're recording this it's about mm-hmm. six months ago just so people know kind of the timeline because yeah. obviously you might be listening to this episode a year in the future or whatever so at at the time we're recording it uh mckenzie has been working a platform for about six months um and it's also mm-hmm. again for people listening in the future who might not remember the context uh this year has been right. really rough for real estate agents it's been an extreme year of frustration frankly for many real estate agents of transaction volume is really i mean it's down like 50 percent over two years yeah so and interest rates went went yep. way, way up. So this was, if you're watching this in the future, this was when interest rates jumped up to the highest they've been since the 1990s. Um, so a lot of buyers that were in the, yep. I've, I've got buyers that literally are staying on a friend's sofa because they wanted to wait out the rates um, and or builders that are now doing a really aggressive rate buy downs. Yep. But yep. this past week, I believe it was Tuesday, Wednesday, we had a nice dip in the rates and it, we're moving in the right direction. Fingers finally. crossed. Fingers crossed. So yeah, yeah I mean, we're in, <laughs> Not we're in this spot where rates are high, home prices are high. So so it's just a difficult time, obviously, to be a real estate agent. You know, you hear that some people say, oh, the, you know, the transaction volume is down 30 percent year over year. But what they don't say is like, but right. But it was also down 20, 30 percent the previous year. So it's actually down like 50 percent in the last two years. Not 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 home prices, obviously, but transaction volume, which is really what matters to real estate agents. Basically, the pie has shrunk by about 50 percent in the last two years. So it's a tough time to be an agent right now. Frankly, a lot of marketing that agents are doing isn't working, yet you've seen some results in the last six months with Platform. Would you mind sharing what are some of the early wins and successes and what are kind of the early momentum that you're seeing as you're about six months into the Platform uh, marketing strategy? Sure, I'm starting to get busy. So, and given all those qualifiers of what's going on in the market, Summer was a little weird. I also had an injury, so I wasn't driving as much. Um, but some of my folks that have registered now have, are not only visiting the site, they're coming back to register for additional home site lists, as an example, of like, well, I want to be getting at least two streams of stuff. Um, something I think agents should be doing daily is looking at the daily hot sheet of your MLS. There's deals still happening. The volume is down, but I think maybe to assist your mindset, like look at what's closed today. You might not have closed something, but somebody's closed something. There's still movement. Sure. Um, in my market, we've got a very 
military centric area and then it's beach investment retiree bedroom communities uh, of the coastal shoreline so that's been attracting cash buyers from very expensive markets so it's just changed and shifted how i've had to market so for instance i'm doing a thousand letters this week so my goal is 100 per day my hand really hurts um but in mailing to these folks they've already seen my platform marketing they don't know that it's platform but they've seen yep, now all these ads. dozens of ads and i've built a relationship with them but i didn't know i was building until i've reached out to them and several have been kind of flattered that i've reached out okay. like oh i didn't know you were looking for listings and taking on new clients right now i'm like oh, absolutely i'd love to have a chat um and some of them are going to be january february march business next year but i've had to start that relationship now to be busy next year yeah i was uh i was uh talking to lauren last week and she was kind of sharing uh lauren is your account manager at platform she is and she's the sweetest yeah and uh lauren you know lauren comes from a big real estate family um up in minnesota her husband was a, a top agent for a long time so that's actually how lauren got connected i don't know if lauren's told you the whole story there but that's actually how lauren yeah. got connected with platform is her husband was a, a client of platforms up in up in Minnesota. So that's how we first got connected. But yeah, Lauren's, uh, Lauren's, Lauren's great. So Lauren, Lauren was telling me about like, yeah, you know, Mackenzie's hitting her six month mark. Things are starting to kind of, you know, start, start happening where I know you were showing, actually showing houses to some leads that came in from platform campaigns. You got people on custom searches. I think you already had a, a closing of someone that closed who saw one of your ads or clicked a on closing. And then the listing I got yesterday and they were past clients already. Um, but He's friends with everybody, so it's a. I won't give away too much of their info. Friendly guy, he knows at least twenty other realtors. So the tough thing is, a lot of people don't reuse a realtor. We lose contact with them, or we're not in front of them all the time, which is really tough. So a lot of us are struggling to to maintain repeat business at times. Um, so he came back to me literally. It's like you know, it was between you and one other friend, and I wanted to go with you because I'm seeing all your marketing, and he's doing none of that. So. Awesome. I'm winning conversations that are had in rooms that I'm not yeah, in, it, which is what's, what's good. What what you just said there to me as like the uh, founder and CEO of Platform, you just hit the nail on the head of what is the real value of platform marketing for a realtor? It's not that we just generate a ton of clicks and a ton of leads because you can get that anywhere. There's loads of marketing companies out there that'll sell you hundreds of leads a month or whatever. What makes platform unique is that it's marketing that keeps you top of mind with your existing sphere and database and past clients to get more referrals and make sure that you're maximizing the value of your sphere, right? Because most agents, I don't care how long you've, you've been in the business, 20 years or 10 years or- We all get our feelings hurt when we see something hit the market that shoulda, coulda, woulda been ours and we shoulda, coulda, woulda called them that extra time last yes. year. And it reminds you to, to redouble your efforts and get back to basics. But to have this running also, while you can only be so many places yep. at once. Um, so while I'm doing a thousand letters and an open house, because that still works, um, I'm, I'm enjoying the shift, which might sound sadistic to some realtors, because the last two years we couldn't have- broker opens like we used to. We couldn't have trade shows. We didn't have builder broker opens where you got to see 13 you were just plans too busy. at once and meet three build. Like all that was gone. Um, so now I feel like some of us have kind of started from a from almost a standstill grinding back into business of and also getting that relationship built with the public. Yeah, most um, most agents again I was saying I don't I don't care how long you've been in business. You've been in the business 20 years, some people have been in it 5 years, some may have been in the business 35 years, right? Agents consistently underestimate how much money they're missing out on by not staying more top of mind with their sphere, how many referrals they're missing out on by not staying 
more top of mind with their sphere. And to me, that's the biggest win that comes from implementing something like the platform marketing strategy is that you're just constantly staying top of mind with past clients in, in your sphere because you're you, they're just seeing you on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube all the time, right? So if you if you combine that with other marketing like you know like you're doing handwritten direct mail, open houses, all the in you know in person client appreciation events, things like that. If you combine platform with those other things, there's kind of a cool like one plus one equals three effect that I think Correct. you're starting to Just tap into that. Kind of snowballs. Exactly. So I, I'm glad to be back in this because I, we were joking earlier about just the un, unqualified, untrained, brand new agents that do onesie twosies per year. And I, I'm kind of enjoying that getting weeded out and getting back to we do this for a living. And we do this full time and we're really involved and we're we know our stuff um, and being able to show that to the audience. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's no one I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks doesn't know who I am, which is nice. that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Mackenzie, to 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 reach that level of top of mind awareness in your community and you know in your in your sphere do you know what your ads budget is every month like how much are you spending on the actual ad spend i think we've done five to eight hundred depending on the month five hundred eight hundred okay that's kind of like a baseline ish okay Mm -hmm. and then we're throwing more behind actual listings which is what other sellers are seeing so that's super helpful so Um, the actual ad spend is I'm, i'm i'm guessing the actual ad spend total is probably more like a thousand to 1200 a month something like that yep. probably yeah okay somewhere around there um so it's it's working I mean, that's kind of the funny thing um well, not funny that it's working but um it just took a minute i think with all the other things we've got going on in the market and the industry right now rates and everything else um that some people were gun shy after last year and then sent back to inexperienced brokers we had buyers driving around making 20 offers on homes and winning zero um, so now we're in that weird sweet spot where I think people have learned lessons from the market shift of, I do need to buy in the next six months to a year because rates might get back to four or five or six, but then I'm, I'm competing with 20 other people for a yep. house again. Yep. So, and now you're probably going to pay over list price and you're waving, and you, it's yeah, you're waving more, inspections. Exactly. You can't use any sort of contingency. I mean, it's kind of like a pick your poison. Um, if you, if you want to do that, right. I think the smart thing to do in a market like this is as long as you can afford it buy now and then just refi later, whenever rates drop, who who knows when it's going to be. Uh, And because we're kind of uh, between the military and resort community and Airbnb and retirees, um, we're in a very tight market. So, I mean, there was at one point for Lauren, she's like, well, can't you borrow a listing from somebody else to do a tour of? And I said, we don't have anything right now. Everything is sold. Um, or it was occupied by renters. Sure. <laughs> That's a different struggle. Um, so I just had somebody message me this morning. I, hi, I saw your ad. I'm living in a hotel right now. Okay. So that's urgent. We'll figure out how to help you. Wow. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a show to do and then I'll get back to you in just a minute. Um, but some folks, especially young, I mean, uh, uh, to speak to my market, this is just because I think it's kind of funny and interesting. The Jacksonville market is one of the youngest communities in all of America. The median age is 22. Really? So. Yes, because it's the Marine Corps base, which has so many young, young Marines, and then young Marines having young families. Um, So Pampers actually had done a big commercial with Target in Jacksonville a couple years ago, celebrating that we were the youngest community in town. But then that that shifts a different buyer pool, a a different education curve you're giving somebody. So um, I'm excited. One of my young Marines got promoted, and he's about to go off to a school. They've only owned their home six months. I'm helping them rent it out. He's coming back and he's building his little real estate empire. He's like, that was our first house. We're going to keep that. You need to help me buy something bigger when I come back. Um, and I met him when he was 
a newly minted 18 year old Marine. So now to see him grow up and build his real estate portfolio, it's a cool education curve when you're in a small young town. That's awesome. So what have, what have been some of the specifics Mackenzie of like your, your favorite platform ads, whether they're photos, videos, like what would you say are your favorite couple of, you know, platform ads that you've done that seem to get the most engagement or the most traction with your with your sure spirit. i have a really cute one running right now with my son and two of his little lady friends in it um when we were having a boating day so it's a re uh, retargeting ad to collect people's information that is interested in waterfront dock front okay. boat launch homes neighborhoods with hoas that have boat launch capabilities in the coastal area that's a really big draw because not everybody every home there's very limited Real estate's already limited, but limited even more so when you add that sure. extra qualifier in there. Um, so what's been nice is as I'm calling people who have off-market waterfront homes, they've seen that app. Okay. So when I say I have a list of buyers, like, oh, you literally do. I, you have to because I've seen your ad yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, so that's really shifted the conversation. So that's been a really terrific one. And another one that I had run uh, and I shared in the group was Realty Track. Um, which is because I love nerding out on numbers too. Uh, Realty Track will show it does not work in every state, but in North Carolina, it's a report of everyone who's missed three or more consecutive mortgage payments. So I've been reaching out to that clientele of you're already in trouble politely. They don't know that I know that they're sure. in trouble, but is it a divorce? Did you maybe retire and you've not adjusted your cost of living? Um, have you been laid off? We had some people move here or buy here that thought they could, could remote work. And their boss called them back to their physical location. So we've got some properties that are coming back on the market for that reason. They couldn't balance both mortgage payments. Oh, wow. um, so that was an ad where I just had all the dots behind me of everyone who had missed mortgage payments. And I got several phone calls out of that. Like, I, did you? How do you know about that? Did, did you know my my home's on that list? And can you help me? And some middle of new job changes. And like, if I don't if I don't get my finances where they need to be in the next three to six months, I'm calling you to list my house. Sure. So some of those have become conversations as well that I know will be a big next year but they're not quite ready to make a move just yet. Have you ever been recognized? So those are my have two you ever favorite. been recognized in public or have people told you, well, I guess, yeah, when you're calling these people, they're telling you I'm, I'm seeing your Facebook ads. So I guess that happens fairly that, regularly. Um, it, it, yes. Uh, and I, cause I'm a realtor and don't have enough to do. We're homeschooling too. So as we're touring properties or I'm running around town with my son, we'll stop at museums or planetariums and that sort of thing. Okay. So we'd stop by the Onslow County museum, which is, shares a wall with the library and a librarian stuck her head and she's like, I know you, you're that girl on Facebook. And I said, yeah. I said, do you need any real estate? She said, not today, but I know where to find you. That's awesome. Um, so completely unrelated. It wasn't like an open house where obviously somebody might recognize you. We yeah. were there for a dinosaur exhibit. We were there for a so dinosaur exhibit. Yes. A dinosaur yes. exhibit. Yeah. Like you, you know, when people in your community are actually recognizing you in person, like they see you and you're like, Hey, you're that realtor, right? That's that's when you really know the marketing's working. Um, I don't care how many clicks you get or whatever the granular like digital marketing metrics are. Like that to me is always a sign that as a local real estate agent, your marketing is working. As if people in the community actually like recognize your face. So that's uh, that's cool. And obviously, every time you're making these cold calls, because let's let's just call them what they are. They're cold calls, right? Yep. If if those people are saying, oh, yeah, I know you, I've seen your, you know, social media ads like that transforms those cold calls into essentially warm calls. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Exactly. And I will say it. I know, Tim, you live in the South, too, and I know you've got a lovely wife. But if you want to lead generators, a realtor, if you look like crap in a basket, no makeup on and you run into the grocery store, you will run into 20 people who even without makeup on 
recognize me. <laughs> now, because of platform, I'm being extra careful. Be like, I need to at least put on some mascara and some lip gloss before I run into the grocery store. Um, and like you wearing some branded stuff, adding the branding so they know for sure that it's you, yeah. that really has increased the in public engagement of like, oh, I thought that was you. But now like you turned around, I saw your shirt and like, it's, it's definitely you. Yeah. So, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, we've had agents kind of joke about that over the years, but they're being serious. They're like, hey, since I signed up with platform, I realize like I can't go grocery shopping in my sweats anymore. I have to yes. do my hair up or whatever. I have to put on makeup or I basically have to make an attempt to like give a shit of what I look like because because you're going to end up with some engagement. Yeah, person. like people exactly. will so kind of got to be like, all right, if I'm running in somewhere. So there, there's been a few moments where I'm like, I'm going to go to not my usual spot because I need three things. It's an emergency to get to an open house or a kid's birthday party. I'm like, because I can't stop and talk. Um, cause in the South we have like the Midwest too, like the five stages of goodbye. Like, all right, right, we'll right. See you right. Later yep, then. yep. And you keep getting pulled back in. You're like, no, I really, I really just need a tomato and a cake slicer and some birthday candles. Like that's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's a, again, it's a great problem to have because I think as a, as a local real estate agent, your business is by definition local. And so mm-hmm. if you're getting recognized whenever, whatever you're at church, or your kid's school, or you're at the grocery store, if people recognize you and you're like afraid of people recognizing you so you have to start kind of dressing up not not Incognito. yeah not 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 dressing up but you have to basically just make an attempt like okay i can't make an like, attempt i can't go out in my like a pajamas anymore or whatever you know because people will recognize me that that makes me really happy hearing that as the founder of platform that cool like their marketing is working to the extent that when they go out into their community they're like almost like assuming that people will recognize them like that's that's pretty cool well, and right now, especially given the news back to what's happening in today's market, the conversation about lawsuits with NAR, the sure, conversation sure. about what's going on with interest rates, you also need to be doing your homework every morning, like reading the headlines, going through everything, because you will encounter conversations. And, and back to your building relationships, I'm talking to people who may not sell for five years, but if in five years, every time they see me and they ask me a question about real estate and I can give them a, a really clear, concise, transparent answer, um, you're building that rapport with them. So here's a here's a, a a potentially controversial hot take on the whole uh, NAR lawsuit thing. I look at yeah. it kind of like I have one foot in the real estate world, one foot out. Obviously, platform works with hundreds of real estate agents um, across the country, but I'm not like a full time real estate agent myself, right? I'm a marketing professional first and foremost, and so I look at it kind of from the kind of from the public's perspective as well as I can see, obviously, right. the real estate. Um, perspective because we work with realtors. That's what I do all day. Um, I think the the result of this, you know, lawsuit, you know, assuming it doesn't get overturned in an appellate court, I think it's mm-hmm. actually fantastic for the real estate industry if if you are a professional, experienced realtor. Because what it's going to do is it's going to make it extremely difficult in the future for these kind of amateur part time agents to make a living because they'll actually have to communicate their value of, Hey, here's why as a buyer's agent, you know, I'm worthy of whatever, a two and a half or 3%, you know, commission. If they have to actually start having that value conversation, defending their commission and their worth, a lot of these people are just going to leave the business because they can't like, they actually aren't that which, valuable. Which many of us would welcome. Right. So I, I think in any industry, like every dentist knows somebody who's not terrific in their hometown. Every lawyer knows somebody yeah. who's not great to work with. Um, so I think that's no, no industry is immune to yep. that. But what I'm intrigued with, and I cannot find the study. I looked for it late last night because I wanted to share it today, but um, open door as an example, 
had figured out we work for free until we hit the closing table, right? So there's deals that fall apart. There's folks that you right. may work with for years right. until they buy a home and you're not paid up until they finally buy and close a home and, and your job is successful. Well, companies like Open Door, you've got to pay staff. You've got to pay people because you don't have licensees working for you. So they figured out their math and they they were a huge sort of near South Carolina, North Carolina border near our short Charlotte region and um, Greenville, South Carolina. They, they laid off, fired about 1,800 people in six months because they figured out it cost them 9.125% to sell a house when you pay staff. Because realtors do lots of stuff for free and work for free yep. for months or years yep. in anticipation of that yep. deal. So back to the collusion, I'm, I will say as an agent, I figured out what my time costs. Yeah. Collusion. I figured out how many hours generally I spend per sale, per client, per per transaction. So for me, I've, I know what my math works out to be. Because if you're a professional 1099 employee and you're you're an entrepreneur, you yeah. know what your time is yep. worth. So I don't want to just, like Jimmy John style, we were talking quality of leads earlier. I don't want to just go show a home in 20 minutes to somebody I don't know and I won't retain that right. business. But for instance, for, for buyer clients of mine, I'm writing 1,000 letters to find them the listings we don't have right now. So that's how I get paid for that time. So yep. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Like, yes, it's, it's going to be a shift. Now, that I if, think was if, much if you were kind of a newer agent or a part-time agent, this lawsuit is terrible news for you, right? Or obviously, right. if you're the NAR, the NAR, first and foremost, is interested in having as many dues-paying you know, realtors across the country as possible. Oh, yeah. It's terrible news for them because it makes it difficult for their organization to stay viable over the long term, right? So there's obviously pros and cons to it. What I'm saying is coming from a... Uh, a marketing perspective if you are an elite agent you're you're good at what you do you have market wisdom you're bringing lots of experience to your clients and you're truly adding value and earning the commission like if you're a great agent right and if you're listening to this you know if you are or not right if you even have to think about yeah. it you're probably not a great agent but if well and so I, I funny stories of, of, of 23 years of real estate i've had two clients named kids after me because we had such a great experience wow, before okay. which is hilarious one is a first name, one is a middle name. Wow. Um, and just yesterday, I had a client that we closed a week and a half ago, and that was one of my platform leads. It was somebody on my Facebook, but I secured that business. It was a daughter relocating her mother and father to our area. Um, so not only did I find them a house that was within budget and they wouldn't have a mortgage payment, they could pay cash, which was terrific. So it was yeah. a bargain of a house that came with some headaches. So we navigated all the headaches. Uh, but now I found them two job opportunities. Wow. Because it's full service. Because it's not just because you're building that relationship. And they've now joked, well, now that we're both income earners again, this might be our starter home to relocate here. We might keep this as an Airbnb sure. and then buy something bigger. So now suddenly, who's top of mind for the next yes. purchase? So again, if you're a good agent, you're actually adding strategic value to your clients' lives. Like you're not just showing up and opening a door, right? If you're yeah. actually a great agent, I think the results of this lawsuit is going to be really good for your career because it's going to make it so obvious which agents you should be working with and which ones you shouldn't that I think the agents who are already successful are going to get way, way more successful. And the agents who are already struggling, they'll just have to go find a job because if you can't defend your commission of here's why I'm worth what I'm worth, uh, this, right. this, this lawsuit makes that a very acute uh, problem. And I, I think that's probably over the long term going to be a good thing uh, for the industry. I think so too. If you can't tell me the 34 things that you do to get a property sold, because you're not doing 34 things, then I'd be glad for you to just be out of the equation because you were my prospective listings golf buddy, not because you're really proficient at what you do. <laughs> yeah. And again, 
that's that's true of any profession. So it's not like picking on the real estate profession. There's, you know, right. in, in any profession, there's people that aren't as good as the other people. But what I think makes it acute in real estate is that being so many agents get paid the same, you know, commission rates. Uh, it's it's kind of insane to me that like if you're if you're a buyer's agent and let's say that you've been in the business for 12 years and you've done hundreds of transactions over that time, like you really know your hyper local market and how to negotiate and you're just providing excellent above and beyond service for your clients that you would get paid the same commission as some person who just graduated the Keller Williams bold class and has never sold a home in their life, but they pick up a buyer at an open house and it's their first ever commission that you get paid the same. Like that's very odd yep. to me because that's not really how it works in other industries. So if, if, right. if the law, again, no one knows what the long-term ramifications of this lawsuit are going to be, but if this lawsuit, uh, ends up shifting the market in that direction where it makes it harder for uh, less valuable agents to make a living and it makes it easier for more experienced, excellent agents to communicate their value of why they're worth it. I think that's a good thing. It just transforms the industry into being more of a meritocracy. And I think that's a good thing. I do too. Um, and what's kind of nice, I will say, my dad is a real estate attorney uh, up in Virginia. So it's been kind of nice to compare. I I think talking about you're in marketing, you own a marketing company, but in real estate, we're, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to do marketing as part of your, that is part yeah. of your business. You don't have the luxury of just being a practitioner. You've got to do a heck of a lot of marketing behind it. Um, so as an attorney, he's kind of watching what we're doing and he's modifying some of his stuff. And he's like, well, I guess I could do video. You know, so you've got a 70 year old something man trying to figure out how to start doing more video and stuff, which is really great. Yeah. But the, the beautiful thing is that's running at 1.30 in the morning while I'm asleep preparing for my day to go show homes and and you guys are working for us in the meantime getting things running so that's building that pipeline of a more steady business i think a lot of agents too and and some of these junior to the business they're not all young people but junior to the business sure. folks are still riding that wave of very good month and then you have nothing behind it and then another, you'll build it back up and have another good month and then nothing behind it so running marketing like this is helping build that database. So I have folks that I know in a year to 18 months are absolutely buying. They're just not buying today. Yeah, where you always are building a pipeline for the future. You know, uh, yep. being good at what you do and being known for being good at what you do are two very different things. You know, there's a lot of agents out yep. there who are actually legitimately good real estate agents, but they don't have good marketing, right? So they're good at what they do. But they're not nobody. Yeah, knows. but they're not known for being good at what they do. And that's obviously what we try to do with the platform marketing strategy is help these agents who are already good, successful agents have marketing that's as good as they are as a realtor. And when those two things combine, that's when you get cool results. It is. And a cool network to chat with. I mean, that's so you're up to have have the platform where it's other like minded individuals has been a really nice dynamic as well. In addition, obviously, the marketing, but the the who you get to talk to behind the scenes is also really amazing. Um, let me ask you one final question, Mackenzie. You know, being that you've been an agent for over 20 years, you've, you know, tried most other marketing companies out there. Could I ask a really specific question? Like, how would you sure. compare and contrast how the platform marketing program is different from other marketing companies out there? Like, what makes it different? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, you guys are thinking of stuff before I even think that I need it as part of it. Um, 
the accountability part component of it, which I don't think gets talked about enough of like, I know I'm speaking to Lauren at 930 every Thursday and I better have my ads ready. I better have something ready to talk yeah. about or what are we launching next? Um, what are we doing for the holidays? Let's get ahead of that. I'm doing letters from Santa, um, which I haven't done that in a couple of years. So we're going about, about to launch a lot, uh, ad about that um, and a new listing. So we'll have a new listing tour. So I just like that it... Um, I did a marketing and sales class, the particular activator in the back of your brain. I'm sure you've heard of that in marketing, yeah, yeah, old, yeah. things like that, the back of your brain, that your little reptilian brain. So the more that's on your calendar and that you're talking about it, your brain, the whole week leading up to it is trying to think about what's the next thing we've got to do. Yep. What's the next thing I can market, you know, and then all of a sudden you've got all these ideas <laughs> or seeing what other folks are doing and they're happy to share like, wow, that was a really fun intro. That was a really great idea or pivot to the marketing. Um, and I know, you know, you're in Minnesota. You won't care that I'm doing it here in coastal North Carolina. Yep. Yep. So kind of that. And that, that tiny part. That like sense um, of that uh, sense of community. The, the sense of community, but a lot of agents won't share their secret sauce with you if they know that you're in their backyard and would be doing the same thing. Um, so that's particularly special because some of the other big guys, um, there were several of us in the same office using the same franchise where I mentioned earlier, you know, three of our phones went off at the same time with the same lead. Yeah. And that's obviously so, not, not happening with platform. Right. No, no. Cool. Well, so that's beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm excited that you're already getting results. You're six months in, even in this tight, tight market that we're in right now, you're already getting, you know, you've had closings come from platform leads. You have people telling you, Hey, I'm seeing your, I'm seeing your ads. You're showing, you know, homes to leads that have seen your platform marketing campaigns. And if that's all happening within six months, even in a really, really down year, like we've had in 2023, like imagine what'll start happening in the future. Once the market kind of opens up a little bit, um, I think, yeah, for I think sure. things are going to blow. And up I think some people way. take their foot off the pedal when the market shifts like this. And that's the time to gain market share and really dive into it. And it, you've joked and Keller Williams has joked about be the Buffalo in the storm that you're running into the storm to get through the storm faster. Um, there's stuff you're going to have yeah. to do that sucks. I mean, welcome back to hard work of really getting dynamic and purposeful with your activities. Um, and making sure almost like a lasagna that all the things are working together that you know one thing doesn't work alone but it works better once you add that leverage point of good marketing yeah everyone everyone likes to talk about that analogy of you know the buffalo charging into the storm right until they actually are in the storm and then and then you're like well this isn't yeah and and then everyone wants to (laughs) like oh i'm going to turn off my ads or i need to spend less money or i need to kind of play defense and it's like it's easy to talk about inspirational metaphors like that when things are still kind of like good but this year has been the proof of who takes that seriously like who actually understands what we were talking about there with the with the end of the storm messaging because 2023 has been the storm you know absolutely and and i think we're still we've not seen quite the end of it absolutely Um, i think i saw absolutely headline in the news like the, the economy's finally breaking it is um and it needed to. We had a lot of things that were unsustainable. Um, but now I think things are starting to regroup. Folks are taking a deep breath. Um, and for my military market, that's part of why I could have used a pinpoint differently for my platform market of maybe just beach marketing and just luxury. Um, but I knew with what's going on in the world overseas that my military market is going to stay very strong and those folks are going to have to move regardless. There's people moving every day. Um, and watch that hot sheet if you need motivation. There's deals happening. And how can you go get in front of them? What that means, platform, certainly. Um, but it's happening. So you can't just sit there ho-hum. It's, you know, doom and gloom. There's stuff still closing. Well, Mackenzie, I want to I wanna thank you for your time again. I think this is a really 
interesting, wide-ranging episode where we talked about all sorts of things from the, you know, the you know the market right now to the market back in 2008 to what you've been doing um, to build your brand and your community on top of platform, kind of creating that one plus one equals three effect. So thank you for your time. I think this will be a really, really valuable uh, episode for people. And for all you watching, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Platform Marketing Show. Sounds great. Thank you.